Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Grave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. The Lord had placed a, a message on my heart, but I just need to say a couple of things first. What, who are we here to worship today? Jesus, that's the right answer, hallelujah. And I'm glad you came out uh, strong. Of course, that side did. You guys were pretty quiet. Who did you come to worship today? Jesus, let's get a little more. Let's try to beat these guys over here. Who did you come to worship today? Jesus. All right, you heard what? All right. Don't want to bring division in the church. Thank you, Lord. Well, we came to uh, worship Jesus today, and uh, there is a chapter in Revelation chapter 5. Well, in Revelation chapter 5, there is a somewhat, uh, the one who is seated on the throne is holding a book in his hand with seven seals, and there's a question asked, who is worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof? And there was nobody found in heaven, nobody found in earth, and nobody found under the earth that was worthy to take the book and to open its seals. And so John, in his words, said he began to weep. And one of the elders said, don't weep because the lion of the tribe of Judah has, uh, he has prevailed and he is worthy to come and open the book. And so we're here because Jesus is worthy. We're not here because men are worthy. We're not here because we're worthy. We're here because Jesus is worthy and we want to give him all the praise and the honor and the glory. Well, he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is also found in the book of Revelation. And, you know, we are citizens of a kingdom. We're citizens of a kingdom, and that kingdom is the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as I mentioned before, the character of the kingdom emanates or comes from the character of the king. And so our character is to reflect the character of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is worthy. Can you say amen? And so uh, I want to talk to you today about us being citizens of the kingdom. You know, I'm a United States citizen. I would think that most of you are United States citizens. Could be wrong, you know. But most of you are, are United States citizens. But let me just say this. That's only good temporarily. The benefits of the United States citizenship only last temporarily. Once you pass from this world and go into the next world, there is a, <clears throat> you lose your citizenship. I mean, how are you going to claim your, how are you going to claim your rights from the grave? Well, we won't go any farther than 
than that. But anyway, we cannot claim our rights as United States citizens from the grave, but we can we can claim and declare and receive our citizenship from heaven. We can receive the benefits. I don't believe that I'm going to be, when I'm buried, I'm going to be laying in a box waiting for Jesus to come. I believe that uh, as soon as I die, I will be absent from the body and I will be present with the Lord. You know, when I was a kid, I used to really think about that stuff a lot. You know, I used to think, man, I don't want some undertaker messing with me. You know, I just had all these thoughts. And I used to think about just laying in a box, you know. But I don't have to lay in a box. I'm going to be gone before the box even shows up. Hallelujah, because I'm going to be instantly in his presence. Well, that's a benefit. Can you say amen? But as we're living here in this world, we have a dual citizenship, but our, but our primary citizenship is our citizenship of heaven. That's the one that has the priority. You know, if, if, if the United States government ordered me to do something that was contrary to what the kingdom of God says, then I would have to respectfully not do it. I must follow and obey the law of the kingdom. And so let's, uh, in, in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren. I guess the cistern are part of that too. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Some people say, well, my heart's all in it. Well, God doesn't just want your heart. He wants your body too. Because, you know, the Bible says that faith without works is dead. I have a, I wrote down a note that, that I was going to use. I, I, I got it off of somebody I knew on the Facebook page. He, was, he just had under a caption, faith is voice activated, which I really like that. Faith is voice activated, but if you don't activate your body, your faith is worthless. Come on now. If it's not just me saying what I believe, it's me living what I believe. And it's not just me just looking at this, but if God tells me to do something, that I must activate my body to follow his, his way. But he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy. Do you think God would tell you to do something you can't do? Not in this, no, not here. He says that you can be holy. Present yourself holy. Well, do you know when you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, inwardly he made you holy. Now he wants you to take that inward holiness and make it an outward holiness. Who knows, I might be a holiness preacher today. I don't know. But God has given us that ability through the blood of his son, we are brought near by the blood of his son. We're brought near to God, not just near the cross. We're brought near to God by the blood of his son. And the blood of his son cleanses us from all sin, iniquity, and unrighteousness. You are justified by the blood of Jesus. You are sanctified. You are, my, my old pastor used to say, just as if I had never sinned. 
justified. Sanctified means you're set apart. You're set apart for God to a holy work. God has something for you. Have you ever heard somebody say to you, well, God's got a plan for your life? Well, his plan is his plan. You know the difference between his plan and your plan? Some people don't know. Some people think their plan is his plan. But the reality is, is his plan is his plan. And we need to line up our plan with his plan. But you know what? His plan is always better than your plan. <coughs> Thank you, Jesus. His plan is always better than our plan. Thank you, Jesus. He says, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. Be not conformed. Don't be squeezed. Don't be squeezed into conformity of this world. You know, we're living in a world at war. Oh, ain't no bombs blowing up. We are in a civil war. We are in a war right now. But God says that you are citizens of heaven, and this is how I want you to live as a citizen of heaven. I might as well get ahead of myself. Maybe if I get ahead, then I won't take as long. Hallelujah. Who knows? But I was reading an article on the CBN 700 Club article, and it said there was this, I don't know if the person was a Christian or not, but um, they wrote, uh, please pray for President Trump. So there was no answer. And then the same person wrote, please pray for Vice President Biden. And there was this response of, go to hell. And this is from Christians. Now, is that the way God wants us to respond? I didn't think so. I didn't think so. But we are living in a world in conflict, and that world has a tendency to draw us to act like and to respond like the world. Now, I'm not saying for you to give up political beliefs. I'm not saying for you to forgive up any of that thing. But I'm saying that we respond in a way that heaven can be proud of. Thank you, Jesus. But he says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. There's only one will of God. It's good, acceptable, and perfect. I was kind of raised on there's three wills of God. There's a good will of God. There's an acceptable will of God. And there's a perfect will. You know, if you're, if, you know, if you're not doing so good, you could be, you know, you know but no, God's will is good, acceptable, and perfect. So I'm not going to be conformed to the world. You know, and here's is a key that I should preach on someday because the Lord's been after me because I probably need the message myself. But he says, for I say unto you through the grace given to me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. 
I know that doesn't apply to you. This is I'm just talking to me. He says, do not think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to each man the the measure of faith. In other words, humility is a way for us to walk in the good and perfect will of God. Good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. We have to humble ourselves to receive not only Jesus as Lord, but we need to receive his life and his nature, his character, and we need to receive his word. As a matter of fact, his word will help to change our character. He says, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Oh, that sounds like the law. Well, man, you're either living by God's law or you're living by the world's law, and the world's law is not going to help you any. Because Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed me white as snow. Well, if he washed you, which he has, then we are to live like washed people. Hallelujah. I might just sing a couple of times. makes me feel good. So anyway, God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. We live in this world, but we are to live like citizens of heaven. Thank you, Jesus. I'd like to read from 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. It says this, um, love not the world. Now, sometimes that used to confuse me. Because for God so loved the world, well, why, would, why am I not going to love the world that God loves? Well, Let me explain this. For God so loved the world, people. He loves you. He loves everybody in the world. He's got a heart big enough to love everybody. And as we get into this, I'm going to show you that God even loves his enemies. That's because I can prove that because you're saved. Everyone in this room was at at one time an enemy of God, and God demonstrated his love. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself. He says, love not the world. What is the world he's talking about? He's talking about a world system. He's talking about a system that is anti-Christ, that is against Christ, that is against God, that is against the word, that is against love. It is not into humility, it is into power. But God so loved the world, the people. God even loves the planet. If you'll read the book of Revelation, you see that he he is going to destroy those who are destroying the planet. Read Revelation. Like my... uh, My professor used to say, I'm not going to do all your studying for you. We need to read the Bible. How many think it's still good to read the Bible? All right, that's great. 
He says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If anyone love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. If we place more priority in the, in the, um, in the world system, if we value the world system more than we value then we value God and we value the world that he loves, then we don't have the love of the Father manifesting through us. All right, so I want to tell God dropped this into my spirit earlier this week. God is into reconciliation, not alienation or isolation. So God is into reconciliation. He's not into alienation. And he's not into isolation. And we've got all this going on in the world right now. All of it. Hallelujah. Well, reconciliation, I'll just give you a simple definition. It just means to bring together. There was an old song uh, that used to go, Come together right now over me. Anyway. I can't sing the rest of it. But we can, we are to, reconciliation means to come together. Actually, we were apart from God and God reconciles us and brings us to him. But you know what God, when God does something for us, he actually wants us to do it for other people. He wants us to reconcile with other people. And that's not just the people you like. God is not into alienation. Alienation means I reject you because. I reject you because you are a different race, you're a different nationality, you're a, you're a different political belief, you're a different uh, social stress. That's alienation. God's against alienation. God is into reconciliation to pull us together. Thank you, Lord. And some are into isolation. Isolation means, well, it means a lot of things that I can't say. But isolation means I withdraw. I give up. Eddie Arnold, anybody remember Eddie Arnold? Make the world go away and get it off my shoulders. Some of you are liking it, but anyway. <laughs> say the things you used to say and make the world go away. See, that's where, that's where some people get, they've given up. Some people have given up on God. They've given up on community. They've given up on family. They've given up on everything. So they withdraw and get away. They want the world to leave them alone. And they will leave you alone. And if you get too close, they'll let you know that you're too close. But is God into isolation? No, he's not into isolation. Scripture says, don't forsake the assembling of yourself together. In other words, God says, come together, come together. So, Scripture says, in the, uh, in, 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 as you see the evil day coming. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> so as a church, 
as, as the church in the world, how are we doing? Are we reflecting the world or are we reflecting heaven? When people look at us, will they, will they see the world or will they see heaven? This is a question. I'm not, uh, not going to grind you before you get out the door and say, what have you been acting like? Tell you the truth, sometimes I got to grind myself. That's why the scripture says, uh, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So once I'm cleaned, I start walking again. Walking in his righteousness, walking in his holiness. Has anybody here reached the level of perfection? I'll give you the mic and you can finish it. No, none of us have reached perfection yet, but we are all growing and walking as God empowers us. And this isn't something we're just doing on our own. This isn't just us. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, uh, we use that word grace, but that word grace is God's divine enablement. He empowers us to do what he's called us to do. He empowers us to love. He empowers us to love one another. He empowers us to love people we don't like. Thank you, Jesus. Well, anyway. Oh, praise the Lord. All right, I, see, because I went ahead, I get to move, I get to move ahead. Thank you, Jesus. Is your identity with the risen Christ? So we need to set our affections. If our identity, if our citizenship, citizenship is in heaven, then we need to set our affections, our tender mercies, our love, our, our thoughts on, on the things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Well, I want to, uh, so we're looking at God's, God's plan. God's plan, again, is reconciliation. I've mentioned portions of this scripture before, but I want to read the whole scripture. He says in Romans, oh, and by the way, I was going to say this at the beginning. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but God's word will not pass away. So you're going to hear more of God's word from me today than you're going to hear my word. Because I want the word that is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword to have an effect on our lives. If we are, if we are, uh, if we are flirting with living like the world, then we need the word of God to cut that and to break that off so that we can walk in the light of God's word and the light of God's counsel. But he says in Romans chapter 5, verse 6, well, the, the previous verse says, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Aren't you glad you have the Holy Spirit? Does anybody have the Holy Spirit, by the way? Anybody? Come on. Let's, raise a, let's just raise the pinky. You have the Holy Spirit. Well, if you have the Holy Spirit, then the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. Now, it might be locked up in prison, but it's in there. And we need to loose it and let it come out. We need to let that love flow. Thank you, Jesus. 
He says in verse uh, 6 of Romans chapter 5, he says, For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. That's us. Pre-Christ. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man would someone even dare to die. But God demonstrates his love towards us in that while we were sinners, still sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, he didn't come to die for the people that are trying to, trying to be accepted by God. He came to die for people that were ignoring him. Well, what is a sinner, by the way? What is, what is sin? Sin is just breaking the law of God. You're breaking the law of God. And, the, and it's not just breaking the law of God. You've got a nature to break the law of God. You've got a nature to break it. But hallelujah. You've got a new nature. Say, I've got a new nature. All right. He says, for, for God demonstrated his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having been justified, just as if I'd never sinned by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Well, that sounds good to me. I don't want any wrath. I, you know, son, my dad demonstrated the wrath of God. I had a hard time accepting God as a loving father. Jesus was okay. But my father, you know, God wasn't okay because, you know, he was like uh, Mount Vesuvius could blow up any time. You know, just any time. But this scripture says here that he delivered, he saves us from the wrath to come. Not just the wrath from the past, but the wrath to come. He says, for when we were enemies. Do we, did, we have, did you know you were an enemy of God at one time? See, this is what, see, God is not, God is not just reconciling people that are good and sweet and lovely. He is reconciling people that are, that are actually fighting against him. There's been people that have cursed God and sworn at God, and all of a sudden they get saved. And they are radically changed. We need to all be radical, radically changed. Well, you were radically changed, but you but if we just kind of slip into the just slip into neutral. God doesn't want us to live in neutral. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, let's go on. God reconciles the world to himself. Uh, Pastor Joel had read some of these scriptures, but I love them so much. But I'll, I'll spare you. In 2 Corinthians 17, uh, which we won't start there, but he says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. I'm all brand new. I used to like to listen to a show on uh, talk radio. Lord, Dr. Laura Schlesinger. And she, there was a, a theme song. And the, and the end of the song, I've got a new attitude. I've got 
And you had, it kind of sounds like uh, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You get a new attitude, you get a renewed mind. He says, uh, let's start in verse, well, let's start in verse 18. He says, and now all things are of God. And I want to help me keep track. Every time the word reconciled or reconciliation is used, just keep track of it. I like to put up a thumb and then a finger, you know, that sort of thing. We're in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19. Verse 18 right now. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Any of you ever asked the question, what is my ministry? Your ministry is the ministry of reconciliation. First of all, You receive reconciliation from God, and then you are willing to reconcile with others in the belief that you can help bring them to where they can be reconciled to God. Some of us are trying to get people to reconcile with God, and we're not very reconciled with the people that we are trying to lead to Christ. You know, I just can't stand your guts, but you know, Jesus loves you. That's kind of the way we come across sometimes. The reality is, is no, you know, remember this old, this is old one, but I love you, but I, I don't like you. Remember that? Well, you know, that's how we're, that's how we're ministering the love of Christ to people. Well, I don't like you. I love you, but I don't like you. No, 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 no. Do you know God actually, well, God loves you, but do you think he likes you? Honestly, some of you are wondering. The reality is, is he does like you. He likes you more than you like yourself. You're the one that has the problem, not him. Hallelujah. God so loved the world. All right, so we got two so far. Verse 19 says that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. You know, I had a brother-in-law. He's gone on to his eternal reward. I believe he's in heaven. But uh, he was kind of rough. He was kind of tough against God. You know, and he had some things happen in his life. You know, sometimes problems don't bring you closer to God. They put a wedge between you and God. You and God. Not that God has put the wedge there. But I remember one time, he used to be a, a part-time fisherman and... Uh, he, he had set these crab traps, and so I was in the Navy, and I was, you know, visiting Melody's family. And uh, so he had me and his son go out to get empty the crab traps. Have you ever emptied a crab trap? Those crabs are crabby. 
If they bite you, you don't move. The more you try to shake it off, the harder they bite because they think their food is getting away. You just stand there in pain until they fall off. But anyway, we did this, and I experienced a crab bite. And uh, so we were back at the house. The food had been prepared. The You know, we were eating seafood. And uh, they asked me to pray. I don't know why. I was just a sailor at the time. But anyway, we prayed. And so, uh, you know, I thank, the, I thank God, God the Father for our food. And he says, well, God didn't, get, God didn't give us the food. We went out and worked for it. I'm thinking, well, I'm the one that went out and worked for it. But anyway. But then I thought my lightning-fast brain a couple hours later thought, well, God put the crabs there. But, um, yeah, he had, some, he had some issues with God. But you know what? As time got closer to his departure, he softened. He softened. He gave his heart to the Lord. And, uh, you know, one of his grandchildren died. That's kind of hard. Kind of hard. One of his grandchildren died. And he blamed God for that. You know, we, we blame God for less things than that. Now, we still love God, and we still come and worship, and we still pay, but, you know, we still got an attitude. We got to get rid of that attitude. Attitude's got to go. Thank you, Jesus. So, anyway, how many reconciles do we have so far? Three. He says, not putting, he says, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting or imputing their trespasses against them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. There he goes again. He said it twice. He's given us the ministry of reconciliation. Now he's committed the word of reconciliation to us. Going on, he says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us and imploring you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. But again, we've got to have that reconciliation, and we've got to be willing to reconcile with people that we disagree with, we don't like, that are cursing us and spitting in our face. There have been people that I, that I administered to that just berated me. But you know what? I wasn't doing it for them. I was doing it for Jesus. And you know what? There comes a time, hopefully, that they open their heart and they will receive. They'll receive. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to have to shorten my notes. Thank you, Lord. Well, in Ephesians, I can't read it all, but in Ephesians chapter 2, God tears down a wall between Jew and Gentile. There was a hostility. I never knew it was there, but, you know, uh, John Osteen used to tell a a joke. I have to tell this. Where's Joel? 
Anyway, there was this uh, little Baptist boy. He was out in the front yard throwing rocks at a Jewish boy. And the mother said, the mother came out and said, uh, what are you doing throwing rocks at that little Jewish boy? He says, well, because he's a Jew. And the, and the mother said, well, don't you know uh, John, the ba- John was a Jew? John the Baptist. He said, well, I knew he was a Baptist, but I didn't know he was a Jew. Think about it. You'll laugh later. I didn't really even know there was a hostility. I wasn't around any kind of anti-Semitic thing, but I do want to touch on this briefly, that God has, God has reconciled racial, social, and gender reconciliation. Galatians chapter 3, verse 6, for you are all sons of God through Christ Jesus. Take your finger, point it to yourself, and say, I'm a son of God. Okay. Now, you guys, we're going to have to put up with being brides of Christ, but we're all sons of God. Okay. He goes on to say, for as many of you have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Therefore, there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. Christ has broken down the wall between Jew and Gentile. He's broken down the he's broken down the racial barrier, the social barrier, the gender barrier, and he has made us all one in Christ. And now in closing, <clears throat> there is power, well there's power in the blood. Can you say amen? But there is also power in agreement. Do you know what the enemy does to the church? He tries to get us into disagreement. Jesus said in Matthew 18, verse 19, Again I say unto you that if two of you shall agree. Do you know how difficult that is? Some of you can't even agree with yourself. You're arguing with yourself. You're battering back and forth about... Uh, you know, on the inside, you know, he loves me, he loves me not. He loves, you know, you're, you're just, but we've got to be reconciled to God so that we can come into unity with him and with others. He says that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done of them of my Father which is in heaven. For, there, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Separation disempowers, reconciliation empowers. Reconciliation empowers us to see the kingdom of God brought forth in this earth. We've got to put down some barriers that we have erected so that we can love the way God loves. God says to love our enemy. That means you've got to love me. You're slow on that. Loretta got it, but she's just shaking her head at me like, oh, God. 
You know, thank you, Lord. You know, you want to have a good marriage. Reconciliation. Reconciliation. Be quick. John Osteen, well, the Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. John Osteen said there was multiple times he was speeding home to to get home before dark so that he can reconcile with his wife. And uh, one more story. Some of you might remember this, but we were in the fire hall in uh, Millersburg. That's, well, we didn't start out there, but we, in, we were in the fire hall in Millersburg in the fellowship hall there. And, uh, you know, I was a little uptight back in those days, and I like to be on time, and on time meant early, you know, because, you know, you had to set up. We had to set up and tear down, set up and tear down. And so anyway, uh, it seemed like some people were slower than others, and it just caused irritation in me. (laughs) And I would say things. You know, I'm a lot sweeter now than it was back then. But I would say things, and, you know, it just, it just, have you ever gone into some place and you could cut it with a knife? Sometimes you need a chainsaw to get through it, but, you know, but, you know it was there. And I remember uh, we would, we would uh, the worship team would be, and I, we'd be up there praising the Lord. And, and, uh, and I knew I couldn't preach like that. I had to reconcile. So I leaned over to my wife and I said, uh, I'm sorry, you forgive me. I forgive you. That went on for a while, but then one day I leaned over and said, uh, do you, I'm sorry, do you forgive me? Yeah, I forgive you. Lord said, that's not good enough. The Lord said, that's not good enough. So I went over with a little more emphasis <laughs> and said, I'm sorry, do you forgive me? I forgive you. Well, that ain't good enough. So you know what I had to do? He said, I want you to apologize to her in front of the church. So I had to get up before I preached, and I had to apologize to my wife, of course, having to explain why I had to apologize to my wife. Do you know what? I never had to do that again. (laughs) Never had to do that again. Hallelujah. Reconciliation's good. Amen. Well, let's just break off any any walls, any barriers. Let's open our hearts up for reconciliation. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. And Lord God, we repent of alienation, alienating people. Lord God, alienating people because of, of beliefs, because of race, gender, Uh, because of social status, Lord God. We uh, could even be uh, family members, Lord God, that have have, uh, rejected us. Lord, we just repent of alienating people. 
We ask that you forgive us of our sin. We ask that you cleanse us from all. I hope you're praying with me. I ask that you forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Father, I ask, I confess the sin of withdrawal, where we have withdrawn from people, where we have cut people off, where we have built a wall around ourselves to protect ourselves, not knowing that that wall has become a prison. We ask that you uh, cleanse us, forgive us right now in Jesus' name. And Lord God, we ask for the grace of God, Lord, to walk in reconciliation, to walk in your grace, to walk in your power, Lord God, to move out beyond our walls, to move out beyond our fears, to move out beyond, Lord, our attitudes, Lord, into a place, Father God, where we receive your reconciliation, and Father God, that we are able to reconcile with others in Jesus' name. We give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Did that help anybody? Thank you, Lord. Well, I'm going to ask the healing team to come up.